You are listening to a 14-week teaching series from Jubilee Church entitled Acts. Luke, the author of Acts, tells us in chapter 1, verse 1, that the Gospels were only the beginning of all Jesus did and taught. The book of Acts is the continuation of Jesus' ministry on earth through the church, and this story is continuing today. This sermon series will address key themes in the book of Acts and connect them with our lives today. If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. For the next uh, 12, 14 weeks, we're going to be studying the book of Acts. And we're going to be doing that not uh, to gain information, but for transformation. Um, we love to study books of the Bible here at Jubilee if you're new, but we, we want to study them not as scholars, but as soldiers. And I think there's a, there's a point to that is because when we open up the Bible and we see what Jesus did and we see what uh, this church did, we don't see it as something as, hey, this is what they did back then. But we believe uh, that it's not, it's not just the way that it was then, but it, it's, it's the way that it can be now and, and should be now, uh, both uh, in the present and in the future. So we want to read this as, as soldiers and not scholars uh, just collecting information, but we want it to transform us because we believe that we have a, a commander-in-chief, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, and he is, he ha- he's building an army, he's building a church, he is fighting injustice, he is fighting evil, and his plan is to gather a community uh, that is uh, loyal to him, gather communities uh, that are loyal to him all over uh, the planet Earth, and uh, to one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And so we want to study this to learn, okay, God, what would you have for us? And one of the things that's really important um, for us to understand. So like last week, we talked about how through the church, there is, we do have a purpose. It's to be a witness. And we do, there is a plan. He said, hey, look, you, you need to go uh, in your city. Uh, you need to go into the surrounding region. You need to go to the Samaritans. Those are the people uh, that are racially different than you. You don't forget them. And you need to go to the ends of the earth. And, uh, you know, when this was written, we were the ends of the earth. Uh, and, and it made it this far, but this is something that every group takes on, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, and there is a power, and, and that power is really important because one of the things uh, as Christians is that we're not just meant to admire the life of Jesus, we're meant to experience the life of Jesus. You see, if you're, if you're not a Christian, a non-Christian can admire the life of Jesus, but only a Christian can uniquely experience the life of Jesus. And the reason why we can um, experience the life of Jesus is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you may have looked at the life of Jesus, man, look at all the things that he taught, all the things that he did, and all the miracles that, that was cool, and the way he treated people. Uh, I mean, he, he, he never mistreated anyone. He never marginalized anyone. He never took advantage of, of a woman or thought inappropriately about a woman. And here's a single guy all the way up into his mid-30s, early 30s. And you, you can think about uh, the, just all the amazing things about Jesus. Wow, what a, what a teacher, what a life. And we're not just meant to admire that. We're meant to experience that. And we experience that through uh, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And that word power is, where we get, is a Greek word where we get our word dynamite for. So when the Holy Spirit shows up, boom, something's supposed to happen. So, you know, you know if dynamite goes off. 
We, we should know when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to, to empower us to, uh, to live this life. And that was true in your life initially. There was opposition um, uh, in your heart to the gospel. The Bible says there was hostility between uh, us and, and God. There was a wall of hostility. And actually, there's a wall of hostility between us and others. And the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, our cold heart, who, who knows about the cross, who knows that Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And because we know all these things. We know about the cross, but we are cold to those facts and we're bored of those facts. And what the Holy Spirit does, it comes in and like dynamite blows up our heart, takes our heart of a stone and makes it a heart of flesh. And now we want to obey and follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit also gives us power it, to us in our witness that we can boldly proclaim God's word, that we can uh, be confident in that and that we can even have signs and wonders and work in power. And we know this because Jesus uh, did this. And this is why we are to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. By definition, we are those who want to be like Christ. And as you open up, um, if you open up um, Acts, you see in the beginning in 1.1, talked about this last week, uh, Luke said, the author of Acts, in my first book, I told you of everything that Jesus began to do and teach. Acts is the sequel Luke is the prequel, and he told us, so to study the the life of the Spirit, you need to go back into Luke, you need to go back in the Gospels and see how the Holy Spirit worked in Jesus' life, because that's exactly how the Holy Spirit needs to work in your life. Um, um, Everything that Jesus did, all the healing, all the miracles, uh, how did Jesus overcome temptation? How did Jesus walk through temptation? How did he teach so powerful? How did he walk in that kind of authority? It was through the power of the Spirit. Some people think he cheated. So, well, he was God. You know, he, you know, he just, you know, he looks like Clark Kent, but he's really Superman underneath. And he just kind of did, you know, he kind of tapped into that. But the Bible is very clear. In fact, we have this in Philippians 2. Can we show that? Uh, just to talk about Jesus, the who is Jesus. Je- though was in the form of God, did not count his equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. It, it says in scriptures that, 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 in, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, that he had to learn things. He had to study his Bible and memorize scripture just like you and I have to. It says in Hebrews 5 that he learned obedience. He learned what it means to obey. He learned what it means to, to want one thing, but God say, do something else. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he clearly says to the Father, hey, if there's another way out of this thing, I'm, I'm open to ideas here. Like, I don't want to go through with this, but let your will be done. He learned obedience through that. He, he, he took on humanity in, in ways that I don't think we fully um, have grasped. And, and so he did all these things. So how did he do all these things? He did these things under the power of the Holy Spirit, which he says, um, all the authority and power that I have, I'm wanting to give to you and I want it to come uh, uh, upon you. And we need to walk in that power of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of us, um, you know, according to our, our, our latest survey from last fall, only about 10% of us grew up in charismatic or Pentecostal homes. And for those of us who didn't, when you hear power of the Spirit, you, your eyes start to twitch and you're like, I've heard of these kinds of churches. They take seven offerings. They, they run around with flags and shout at the pastors. Like, I don't, I don't want, I mean, how many of us, if we're being honest here, by show of hands, how many of us, like the charismatic church, like how we do worship and th- th- this is all new to you. Like you didn't grow up in this, church, this kind of a church. Like this is new to you. Raise your hand. Like, come on, raise your hand. Be proud. You can do it. 
Raise your hand. You, this is, this is all, worship freaks you out, the hopping, the shouting, the hand raising, but you just raise your hand so you figure it out. Um, now, how many of you are, on the other hand, how many of you are like, shoot, charismatic? I'll show you charismatic. How many of you are like, come on, this is, this is weak sauce here. All right. Raise both hands. Come on, you want to. Come on, you want to. All right. Like you're on some ride at Six Flags or something. Um, Here's the thing, there's all kinds of like misunderstandings and excesses on both sides of the aisle. On one side of the aisle, you have an excess of, of, of emotion and going places. I don't think the Bible goes. On the other side, you have an excess of fear and uh, control. But the Bible teaches us that life isn't found in being out of control or being in control, but being under control of the Holy Spirit. That we're not to be under control of alcohol. Do not, be, do not be drunk with wine, but be, be, be consumed, be, be, uh, be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus was under control for the Holy Spirit. And I think that one of the reasons why we have so much fear and misunderstandings is because we get a terrible introduction. If you meet someone on the street and they kind of come up to you and you're, you're a little standoffish, you're not sure that you really, uh, you may say hello and a few pleasantries, but you're not going to really trust that person. If you don't, but if someone comes up to you and says, hey, I've got some, someone that you really know and love and trust comes up to you and says, hey, I've got someone I think you really ought to meet. I think, I think you're really going to like them. Well, that changes things for you. I think a lot of us got bad introductions. I think a lot of us maybe went to some camp and some counselor uh, said that if you weren't, didn't speak in tongues that you weren't a Christian. And so they prayed for you for two hours and sweat and shouted and, and you just mumbled something uh, just to get the guy to be quiet. And then you left and said, I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole ever, ever again. Some of you had relatives, some of you may have relatives that just straight up said, you know, speaking in tongues is of the devil. You've never looked at it yourself. You've never read the Bible for yourself. You've just gone off with someone, some relative or a leader or has told you, here's what I really want for you. Uh, I, I really want for, for Jesus to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. He's someone you know. He's someone you trust. He's someone you love. He's someone you want to be like. And when you read through the book of Luke, you see that Jesus was constantly, constantly operating under the power of the Spirit. And, and the same Jesus uh, once says to you that I want you to operate in the power of the Spirit. In fact, Jesus has two main job descriptions. John the Baptist says, here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Is he Lamb of God to you this morning? Has he taken away your sin? That's what he does. Then he does a second thing, John says. Here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And here comes one who will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus does. Is he Lamb of God to you? Is, has, he, has, he, has he come upon you? Has he submerged you? Has he plunged you in the Holy Spirit? Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The church and every Christian is conceived spiritually by the Holy Spirit. At his baptism, before he did any public ministry, before he did anything, before he preached a sermon, before he cast out, a, before he did anything, it says that the Holy Spirit came upon him. Before the church would go out and do any ministry, as we read last week and this week, before the church was to go out, Jesus says, don't go out and minister until 
the Holy Spirit comes upon you. As the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes upon his church. In Luke 4, Jesus opened up the scrolls, which is a version of, of, of the prophet Isaiah, and said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which is the year of Jubilee. Where do we get our name? We got our name from this. And that's what it repeatedly says in the Bible. Repeatedly it says that the hand of the Lord was upon Jesus. That God the Father in heaven with God the the Son on earth says, he's the one. He's, he's the one that I'm going to put my hand upon. He's the one that my favor rests upon. In fact, the word Christ means the anointed one. He's the one who's anointed. And, and a Christian, that that term means little Christ, that we are to be little anointed ones. Now, don't hear me say that we're to be like little gods. That's not what I'm saying. But we're, we're to be those who, who operate as anointed ones, as saints, as set apart, as as made holy by God, not by our own works, but God made us holy and he set us apart for a purpose and he has anointed us for that purpose. So as the hand of the Lord was upon Jesus, the hand of the Lord is meant to be upon us to do the ministry that Jesus started. He didn't give us um, a job to do and didn't give us the, the power to make it happen. He gave us the power to make it happen. I, I, uh, every once in a while, I have these crazy ideas that I actually can like repair things in my house. And, um, and I was, I was, I, we were, we had to do this kind of emergency remodel to our bathroom. We had this, this tub thing that we had to, and so I go in there and like, I start like trying to like chip pieces out and like get it off. And it was like, took me, I was like two hours and I, I had like, like a little section done. But then I remembered that my dad had gotten me this Sawzall for Christmas. And I got really excited. And so I, I plug it into the wall and I, I wore goggles, of course. But I did that and uh, safety first. And so I, I, I and like took like 10 minutes and I was done. And I need power. And I think that's, what God says, I want you to do a job, but he hasn't said go and, and like pick at it. He's like, I want to give you power. I want to give you dynamite. I want, I want to give you something. I mean, it's going to give you a new boldness. It's going to give you new power. You're going to be able to walk in the things that Jesus walked because I'm asking you to do the things that Jesus did. Jesus never asked us to do things that were within our own strength, but he doesn't also ask us to do things that he won't provide the resource for. And both are a trap. Don't do the things that, that are within your power to do. If you only do what's within the power you do, you'll never do what God actually do because he never asked us to do he never asked us to do what we can accomplish in ourselves. He didn't choose you because you're awesome. He chose you uh, despite the fact that you're not awesome. Amen. And the fact that I'm not awesome. That's not the point. 5,000 people need to eat. Jesus says, you feed them. What? But then he, he came with the power. Jesus is going to ask you to do things that you're just going to be like, man, if I, I'm just, and sometimes our lives feel like that. We just feel like we're just kind of chipping away at things, chipping away at, at, at character, chipping away at evangelism, chipping away at just the things. That, and it's just like, I'm just not getting what, man. Like, like he's like, oh, hey, I, 
I, I have power in my basement. I just need to go get it. Hey, God's given you power. You just need to receive it in your life. And the good news is it's, it's, it's here for us that he wants to give us this power. Um, Luke 24 describes it as power from on high, being clothed with power. And what is the effect? Um, maybe maybe you're, you're here and you're like, well, yeah, I know that I, I, I have the Holy Spirit. And anyone who's born, first of all, anyone who's born of God has the Holy Spirit. I don't want anyone to emotionally go in the tubes because of this issue. And, and I don't know exactly what you've been taught. And I don't have the time to kind of untangle that um, now. But just to say that everyone who's born of God is, is, has the Spirit inside of them. He, everyone has that. You, you, can't be, you can't be born again, but, but by the Spirit. Everyone has uh, the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit works in our lives in a lot of different ways. It works. There, there is this kind of inner work of the Holy Spirit that, that is day by day and little by little chis- chiseling on our hearts to make us more like Jesus. It's guiding us. It's leading us. It's, it's making us want the things of God. It works in us, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit and God's presence is with us. God, God's presence is with us. We're two or three are gathered, and I'm there with them. So he's in us, and he's with us, but the Bible, what he's talking about here in Acts, he's not just talking about coming inside of us or, hey, I'll, I'll you know, be alongside you. He talks about coming upon us. There, there, is, this, there is this submersion. There is this baptism and, and some of you say, like, what are you talking about? Like a second, ba- as, you know, is there a second baptism in the Spirit? Well, I think there's a third and a fourth and a fifth and a tenth and a, by God's grace, a 200th or a 500th. It, all throughout the Bible, you see it's like, in they, and they were filled with the Spirit and they did this. The Spirit came upon them and then they did this. It says that of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit came upon him and he healed. Holy Spirit came upon him and he did this. The Holy Spirit came upon him and he didn't do that. The Holy Spirit was with him and led him into the desert. And we need this, we need this power all the time. Some people are like, you know, I don't know if God's Spirit has come upon me. Well, it's dynamite. You would know if he has. Some of us on the other side, he's like, yeah, I, yeah, I was baptized in Spirit in 1972. It was the greatest day of my life. And uh, Spirit-filled. Uh, Congratulations. Um, it's like, man, no, the best day of your life needs to be today and tomorrow, not, 19, not 40 years ago, not 20 years ago, not last week. The Bible's very clear that God moves us from one degree of glory to the next. Ecclesiastes says it's not wise to say the former days are better than the days that we have in front of us. It's not a wise thing to do. It's like there, there are two kinds of men in this world, those who have... Uh, no power tools and those who have garages full of power tools. And uh, there is no in-between because like a guy gets one power tool and he's got to get them all. He like runs by Home Depot and just like, ooh, he's got a power tool. And so he wants to have more. For what? And then you go into the, you know, it's like, what do you do with these power tools? Oh, I just, just have them. Just <laughs> makes me feel all cozy inside if I have power tools around me. You know what? And I, and I, I don't want to be the kind of church that doesn't, operate in power who just is satisfied in doing what's within the resources to do. We need the power tools. But I also don't want to be a church that collects power tools for fun and for trophies and to say, look what we got. Who cares? 
Who cares that you have the gift of prophecy or that you speak in tongues or whatever, if you're not using them for what Jesus has uh, set out for you to use them for, I don't care. I don't think God cares either. Because your purpose and our purpose together is to be a witness. And the plan is this, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the earth. And the only way that we're going to step out into that is if we walk in power. And if, but I don't want us just to receive power for something and, and not walk out in it either. It's very, very clear that the power that God gives us is to be a witness in this world. And as we move out as a witness in the world, we're going to come up against roadblocks all the time. We're going to come up against fear. We need the power of the Spirit. We're going to come up against uh, understanding we need the power of the Spirit. We're going to come up with temptation we need the power of the Spirit. We, we're, going to need God, we're going to need God to give us a word of knowledge to break through a situation. We're going to need God to, we're going to need signs and wonders. We're going to need those things if we're going to move out in what God has called us to do. He, he's called us to something unbelievable, huge, massive. It, it is not an overstatement to say that the church is the literal hope for the world. Not just for the, and it's not even, the, the church isn't even just a matter about life and death. When you're talking about the church, you're talking about people's forevers. I hope no one hears me take this lightly, but if Michael Brown was still alive, he would still die. And you're going to die. I don't know how, but you will. Maybe sooner than you think. Maybe your neighbor will die sooner than you think. Maybe your, re- your relatives will die sooner than you think. The ultimate hope that anyone can have is Jesus. And Jesus, in his wisdom, in his plan, has entrusted the ministry of letting other people know about him and reflect him in us. That's our responsibility. Have you felt the weight of that yet? Have you, are, you, are you taking on the burden of the world? Are you feeling that on your shoulders? It's more than you can handle. You need power. And you need it every day. I need it every day.